Here we go. All right, all right. Welcome, everybody. Hello, welcome, welcome to another live stream with me, Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dansfish.com. This is our 50th, the big 5-0. I feel like I should buy the stream a ring or something. <laughs> anyway, glad you're all here. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate y'all. Looks like Real was number one tonight. Hey, Real, hope you're doing well. Hope the fish are doing well. Um, those angels doing anything for you? Hope so. Dat, welcome back, Dat. Good to have you back. Candy, hey, Candy, thanks for modding. Right out of the right out of the get-go, she's modding away. Bathy Phila, all right, I'm going to get to that comment in just a second. 54 Punchy, and uh, oh no, something happened with Caleb. Hang on, y'all. For those that don't know, Caleb's an important uh, young gentleman in our community, so I want to find out what happened here real quick. Um, he had a bad reaction to a breathing treatment. Some went in his throat, causing pain. Ooh, had to make sure nothing was damaged. Oh, okay. Everything okay there, Candy? I mean, from that comment, it sounds like it is. Ouch. Um, welcome of Deloriac Peterson. Welcome back. <laughs> One day, someone will tell me how to say your name correctly. Until then, of Deloriac. <laughs> Dr. Shashimi. Sashimi. I can say this. Dr. Sashimi Aquatics. Welcome back. Bob Kaler, welcome. Glad you're here. Michael Wilson, greetings. Let's see here. Anyone I missed? Fish Guru. Hey, Thomas. Glad you made it. Carbon Real. Welcome back. Okay. Lots of people piling in. Cody Dunyan, I think. Is that right? No, Dunavan. Donovan? Dunavan? Welcome, welcome. Gerald Deemer. Glad you're all here. Hey. Um, so it's been an exciting week, and it's going to get more exciting next week. Um, tell you about the new fish that came in. There's one that's pretty freaking awesome. And got some cool things lined up for this upcoming week. So for those that are new, new we're about to get started. Um, if you have a comment or a question that you want me to respond to, you think might create an interesting uh, chat, something we can chat about, then uh, make it at Dan's Fish. It'll highlight for me and I'll get right to it. Otherwise, I probably won't see it. Um, so just please highlight your comment at Dan's Fish and I will get right to it. So speaking of which, um, let's start with bathphilia, bathyphila, sorry. Um, to follow up from last week, it looks like Aplocalyctes spolachin may also tolerate unheated aquaria. As the species is recorded from North Dakar, Senegal, which experiences winter lows to 63 Fahrenheit. Cool. Yeah, I think you're set. Most of those uh, West African killies can go, unless they're just right at the coast or kind of, you know, really low elevations. Um, most of them can go pretty low. And a lot of killie fish keepers keep their fish in unheated uh, rooms. So, I mean, the house is warm, so it's not like freezing, but you know what I mean. Um, so highlight of my week is I got to meet the fabulous candy overholes. We had an interesting experience. So we had planned to meet up at this uh, pet store. It's called the Heights Pet Center, I believe, in Billings. And I've been going there since 2011 when I moved to Wyoming. Not, I don't get to Billings that often, but when I would, I'd always stop by the store. 
And I was always impressed with it. It was very clean. Everything was almost always healthy and the tanks were clean and it was kept really well. It was one of those stores though where they had reptiles, they had freshwater fish, saltwater fish, dog stuff, cat stuff, birds, small animals. And it wasn't a big store. So a little bit of everything, kind of your old fashioned mom and pop general pet store. So we met there and uh, we went in to look around and there wasn't much to see because apparently they're shutting down, which is sad. Another mom and pop hits the dust, right? So there were a few things. We saw a couple guppies. They still had tinfoil barbs. Um, three like awesome Congo tetras. They were massive. They were all female, but they were massive. And that was about it. So we're like, okay, that was short. What are we going to do? So we ended up just grabbing coffee and talking uh, before I headed up to the airport to pick up my, uh, my shipment of fish. And it was fun. I mean, we only had like, what, maybe an hour, maybe 45 minutes total together. And, uh, but it was great to meet you, Candy. Thanks for all you do for this stream and for the fish community in general. Uh, one of the super mods for sure. It was a pleasure to meet you. And Candy, when you start up your Billings Montana Fish Club, which I hope you do, I'm totally going to be a member and I'll totally go and bring a bunch of fish for you. Um, but anyway, that was kind of the highlight of my week. I'm going to scroll down, see what other um, comments there are. <laughs> Candy, you look good for 50 at Dance Fish. Well, I ought to <laughs> since I'm 40. <laughs> I, I hope I look good for 50. <laughs> Team Aquatics, hey. Welcome. Good you're glad you're here. Good to see you. Um <laughs> it dance fish. 50 you don't look a day over 48. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Since I'm 40. So the 50 is the 50th live stream. Not like my 50th birthday. <laughs> I guess I guess no one read the description. Oh, that's funny. I should have seen that coming. Yep. The big 5-0. Yeah. I should have seen that coming. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. So shipping this week, um, everything went well. I, I adjusted my shipping slightly. I put in now a 40-hour and a 72-hour heat pack. I don't have any of the 90 or 96-hour heat packs yet. So I'm looking into getting some of those. I just found out about those oh, a few months ago and I just haven't looked into it yet. So does anyone here use those and what's your experience with them? Um, so far, all the packages have got where they're going except for one, which is still held up. Not this Monday of this week, but Monday of the week before that, I shipped out fish to a friend. They were the Mugil species, the mystery um, fish that came in with the Nigeria order. Turns out they're a species of mullet. So I, I mailed them to a friend who's into, you know, that weird kind of stuff. A week and a half ago, they left here, Sheridan, Wyoming. They went to Casper, Wyoming, and then the tracking like disappeared. Today they showed up there in Sacramento, California. Post office is closed today because of the funeral for a former president. And so hopefully tomorrow he'll get the fish and I have no hope. 
I, I'm sure they're goners. But that's the first problem I've had in months. The first real like issue I've had in many months. So it's been pretty good. Um, I did forget to put a microworm culture in one order because the person emailed me and says, hey, can I get microworms? How much are they and stuff? And I was like, look, you already ordered a bunch. I'll just throw them in the box. And it was in an email and not in the order. And so I just forgot to put those in. So I packed up the microworms today, went to the post office to mail them. And of course, it was closed. So <laughs> it's been a little bit interesting. But um, <laughs> but everything's made it alive. And um, let's see here. Bob did an unboxing of a box I sent him about a week and a half ago that came in pretty cold, like low 60s. Um, so I adjusted with the heat packs and things. And this time his order came in at, what was it, 72 degrees, Bob? So it's it's going great. Um, so that's what I'm going to do from now on while it's this cold. Uh, Candy says, I did read the description. It was a joke. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Well, I mean, I'm bald enough that, you know, in college, I was cast in almost every play. I went to a large department. Um 350 plus theater majors in my department. That's my background. I'm in the entertainment industry. And I was cast in every play and I was always cast as the old man. So if you're bald young, it ensures that you get roles in college plays. Real Stinks is happy 50th (laughs) birth stream. Why, thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) So I'm curious, anyone else shipping um, in this cold weather and how's it going for you? Hopefully it's going well. I found that the double heat pack thing with different size heat packs helps a lot. It helps keep the heat more even. So, um, and I knew that trick. I just didn't think it was cold enough a week and a half ago when I shipped, but found out it was. So I started doing that. So I want to show you guys a really cool fish that came Monday. I haven't made a video of this yet or anything. Um, I made an unboxing, but it's not out yet. Um, But it's Pseudobagrus trilineatus. This is a super rare catfish. Let me show it to you. It's these guys. They're stunning. Really, really pretty fish. And they look this good already. Like in the bag, they looked great. They're just gorgeous. This gold kind of base color with these dark stripes on them. They only get about three inches. So they're a nice little dwarf catfish that can go well in many community tanks. They come from um, streams and things like that, so they need high dissolved oxygen content, and they don't like it really warm. They don't like a hot aquarium. So I'm keeping mine in the, I think 73 degrees is what their tanks are. So I'm super excited to get those guys. The ones I got are about an inch to two inches, and it's just a beautiful fish I've never seen in person before, hardly seen anything written about, Um, and so I'm just so excited to finally get them. I got a access to a few new suppliers. So now there's a supplier in China, um, Singapore, um, Bangkok. So three new suppliers that I now have access to. And so the folks in China have this catfish and they have a bunch of cool guppies too, that I'm hoping to try to get in. I'm uh, getting my order together right now, but I'm really excited to be bringing you guys hopefully some cool stuff. Um, But it's funny when you're dealing with getting fish, here's how it works. 
So if I import the order myself under my own license, I have a little more control of what I get, but basically the collector or exporter lists all the fish that they can have access to. You place your order and then they go try to get them. They can or they can't. So even if you order, say you order 50 species, you might get all 50 or you might get five. You, you never know how many they're actually going to be able to get for you at that time. It depends on the height of, you know, if it flooded or not, uh, depends on the breeding cycle of that fish and if they're big enough or too big to ship or what, where they're at in their life cycle. Uh, if they're an exporter that deals with farmers, fish farmers or hobbyists that have backyard operations and things, which lots of these countries do, then, um, Maybe the farmer or the breeder doesn't have enough of them. So it's really kind of this, this crapshoot as to what you'll actually get and how many of them. So all you know is what they can get. You don't know if they're actually going to do it. And then if you go through uh, like a, a middleman, which I'm doing on this order, they have to meet minimums. So there's a minimum usually of nine or ten boxes from each supplier. Because once you hit that level, then freight becomes a lot cheaper because you get a bulk freight discount from the airline. So if I'm ordering from Hong Kong and I order a bunch of fish from them and I order from Singapore and I order from Bangkok, but, a bun but other people don't, then Hong Kong doesn't meet its 10 box minimum. None of those fish come in. See what I'm saying? So it's always this guessing game. So. I tried this last week to get an empire gudgeons and a couple wild rainbow fish species. No dice. I'll try again this week. And I just keep trying until the stars align. Enough people order from that supplier that they actually ship. And their collectors or breeders actually have them in stock of the right size and they come in. So um, that's kind of the, the situation I'm in is someone who's trying to bring in interesting and, and rare fish. So what I did get is I got some Barara species, uh, kind of like a chili rasbora, but this is a different species. This is, I believe it's called Unimaculata, um, similar to the Brigitte, which is the, uh, um, the chili rasbora, but a little different. So got a bunch of those in, they're pretty cool. Got in uh, Kubitai rasboras, which are tiny little bright green, like seriously, in the bag, bright green, and I'm looking at the tank right now, just glowing green fish. Awesome little micro fish, just beautiful. Um, tried to get some Burmese clouded archer fish in, didn't, wasn't able to do it. Some amazing swordtails. These are bright red albino swordtails with the massive cauliflower dorsal fins. They're, they're really, really nice. Tried for some rhinogobius, didn't get them in. Um, got in those cool catfish. Got in a whole bunch of platinum half beaks. So for those that don't know the platinum half beak, let me show you this fish. This is awesome. These are a cool live bearing fish. Um, and this is what I thought I was getting. I thought I was getting this, which is kind of like the wild form, say that. But what they sent instead was something like this. It's a platinum colored 
little half beak. They're going to max out at, if they get two inches, I would be surprised. They are a great fish for the top of the aquarium. And I, when I first got them in, they didn't have any interest in pellets. So I fed them fruit flies. And now they're starting to eat uh, some of the one millimeter PE mysis pellets. So they're starting to transition to prepared food. And I think that's where most stores fail with this species, most suppliers. Um, a lot of them get them in and the only live food they have to kind of carry them over and adjust them is blackworms, right? And blackworms sink. And these guys want to be at the surface. They're a great little surface fish. So I'm super excited about those guys. And then I got featherfin rainbows because um, they're just one of my favorite species ever. So got a bunch more of those. So um, yeah, I'm excited to have them. 54 Punchy says, OMG, I have been wanting half beaks. What are you doing to me? <laughs> so if, if anybody does have a wish list of fish that they're looking for, email me, Dan at Dan's Fish, and I may be able to get them. I might not too. Again, it's a crapshoot when you're dealing with this stuff. And if a lot of people ask for the same fish, then I'll be like, okay, maybe I'll get that for people. But if only one does, I have to order sometimes up to 600 fish at a time just to get them. And I can't do that if just one person wants them. But sometimes I only have to order... <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry about the cough. It's almost gone. Here, I've got my airborne to carry my, me through. The cold's almost gone, but it might pop its ugly head up occasionally. But um, so if enough people ask for it, then then I can get it in if everything works out. But just be aware that it's not like I can just order one fish for you. I have to order usually many hundreds at a time. Um, Philly Man Pete. Dan, did you happen to see the African killifish featured on the cover of the most recent Amazonas? No, I didn't. Um, let's do that. <laughs> I, I am a, a subscriber to Amazonas. Let's see what it is. Uh, hopefully, I can just real quick take a look at that and see what it is. But it's taken a while to load because I'm, yeah, because I'm live streaming. Um, I think I'll have to look later. Yeah, it's Amazonas' website has a lot of high quality images and it's just eating up my bandwidth. But I'll check that, Philly Man Pete. Uh, do you remember, Philly Man, can you, um, can you tell me the species if you have it handy? Terry's Tropical Tanks. Oh, is this one you want? So email me or I will, or I will forget. Is this the mascara barb? Um, Dakinzia. A similis. Let's let's look at that one. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. If I can ever find that fish, in fact, I have found it before, but by the time I got them and sold them, they were going to be like sixty bucks each, and I was like, no, I, I can't do that. Or I can do that, but I don't want to do that. That's that's a little crazy. Go Fish Aquatics. Hi, Dance Fish. Well, hello. Hello, hello. But Terry, if you email me that, um, dan at dancefish.com, that species or any others you're looking for, if they ever come across at a reasonable price and in a quantity I can handle, then I will, I will do that for you. So anyway, um, again, if you're new or have forgotten, if you have a comment or a question for me, please make it at 
<laughs> at dancefish, the little at symbol, dancefish, and it'll populate, select the population, and it'll highlight for me, and it'll get right to your comment. So I'm curious if anyone one else is shipping right now. Um, if you are, could you uh, let me know and let me know how it's going and kind of what your strategies are? I'm always interested in finding out how other people are handling that. Jadron's here. Hey, Jadron. Great that you're here. Good to see you, man. How's the calendar coming? I hope you're selling just a ton of them. I have to get around to getting mine. I haven't done that yet. Fish Guru Aquatics. Do you ever see Reaganite pikes? Um, I do see some pikes. Um, is that, which one do I, I see the white spotted pike all the time. So let me just look at which species Reaganai is. What is that? Uh, Kernicicla Reaganai. Oh yeah. Cause they're one of the more peaceful pikes, right? Yeah, of course. So here's another pro not, it's not a problem reality that I deal with when I uh, bring fish in. Most of the names that the suppliers list them as are inaccurate. So, or so severely misspelled that I don't know what I'm going to get. So often if I'm dealing with a new supplier, I'm like, I think this might be this. I'm going to order it and we'll see <laughs> what comes in. So um, I can get the white spotted pikes in, but they're, uh, I don't think they're very gentle and they're darn big. So uh, pike cichlids. Let's see, which species is that? Al- Albopunctata. That's, that's the one I can get in fairly regularly. There is a supplier in Colombia that I could get fish from as well, but I'd have to do such a massive order that I just haven't done it yet. Um, Alex Aramini, Dance Fish, what are good schooling fish to have with blood parrots that aren't cichlids? Um, well, if you're stuck on schooling fish, I'm going to have to think about that quite a bit. But if you just want shoaling fish, so schooling fish are fish that all pack together and swim directionally together. And if one turns, they all turn simultaneously, right? I know a lot of really small species of fish that will do that, but fish big enough to not be eaten by blood parrots that school tightly. I don't know, maybe larger rummy nose tetras. Mm. Depends on your parrot cichlids. Sometimes their mouth is so like unworking that <laughs> you could get away with something like that. It depends on how big they are and stuff. But kind of one of the larger schooling fish that I can think of that schools tightly right now is a Romino's tetra, but I think that's a little risky. I can think of a lot of tiny like little rasboras and stuff in really small tetras. But as far as just like a shoaling fish to go with them, I'd say like a Congo tetra would be great. Uh, rainbow fish would be wonderful. Let's see here. What else? Yeah, those are the two that pop in my mind. Congo tetras, any any kind of large deep-bodied tetra. I, I stay away from skirt tetras just because, I don't know, they can be a little ornery in my experience. But but they're not going to bother a parrotfish. Uh, you'd probably be fine with that. So, Alex, that's kind of what I'm, I'm going with. They're more shoaling than schooling. Can anyone think of a super tight schooler that's big enough that it wouldn't get eaten by a large-ish cichlid. Hopefully someone else, Alex, can give you uh, some tight schooling fish. But for shoaling fish, that's what I would think. I would think kind of like rainbow fish. Um, not really 
tight schoolers or anything, but they'll swim around and be pretty. Congo Tetris. Let's see here. Go fish aquatics. Do you still have the giant cribs? So the giant cribs, um, Pelvic Acromus sacramentis, are pretty much sold out right now. I've, I've got one person who's in line, and I just have to see if they're actually coming through with it or not. But I promised someone that if I could find a pair um, as I was packing them up for this week's shipment, if there was still a pair left, I would let them know. So I have to contact them. If they want them, then I'm out. If not, there might be one more pair I can list, and I think there might be one extra male. They came in really, the sex ratio was awesome. I think there was like maybe two or three more males than females. But apart from that, it was great. So I, I'm keeping three pairs for myself. One of them is in here. Um, hopefully you'll see them every now and then. They're not colored up right now, but they do color frequently. And then I put a, another pair in with uh, some of the Apocalypses Spalachin and another with the Drape Fin Barb. So I got some coconut huts. Those just came Monday and I'm soaking them right now with a bunch of scuds that'll go and like eat off any gunk that's on there. And then I'll put them in there with them and hopefully they'll spawn. But I don't really have any giant cribs left. Um, as soon as I know, I'm, I might have two or three left that'll pop back on depending on how this gentleman who has dibs, how things go there. Potato, hey, welcome. Glad you're here, Potato. And as soon as I said that, it skipped on me. <laughs> there you are. Personally, waiting until January to sell ship as long as the weather doesn't stay too cold. Yep, cool. And I think that's a fine strategy, especially if you don't want to ship express. Now, that's why right now I only ship express. Yes, because of the cold, but also on top of that, <laughs> here it is. <coughs> it's almost gone though, so much better. On top of that, the holidays. So Express is generally next day. If something's wrong, it might take two days, rarely three days. And that's fine. The fish can stand that if they're delayed because of the holiday. Priority is normally two days to three days. If they're delayed a day or two, now we're into four or five days. That's a real problem. So during the holidays, there are just so many delays that and it's cold so it's just express for now once the holidays are done and the backlog of all that shipping and everything that the post office has to deal with is done i'll uh, maybe put priority back on so for me it's a combination of cold and holiday delays that, that i'm dealing with if i can get those 96 hour heat packs in i might be able to do priority shipping again um, after the holidays but never like from a little before Thanksgiving to like after New Year's, express only just because of the holidays. Alex, what are good schooling fish to have with cichlids that aren't cichlids? Okay, I think we talked about that. And since you're talking about like blood parrots, they're bigger. So with with like apistos or some dwarf cichlids, there's a lot more options. But yeah. Alex, what about Sherpe tetras? It, yeah, you could try them. They're kind of a deep bodied fish. Sherpe tetras, here we go. Sorry. <clears throat> For those that don't know, I came down with a really bad cough last week. So the live stream is uh, a lot of me hacking into the microphone. <laughs> Although it was a really good live stream, I thought, but a lot of me coughing. It's almost done. It's a lot better. 
um, and hopefully next week it'll be totally gone. But for those that are new here, I, it's, it's not a normal thing, but it's happening right now. So serpent tetras might work. They don't school tightly. They shoal. So they're not like a directional schooler. But if you just want a group of like shoaling pretty fish, they might work, especially if you've got bigger ones. Again, it depends <laughs> on how big <clears throat> the mouth is on those blood parrots of yours. Dr. Shashimi Aquatics. Can Clarius Batrachus <laughs> catfish be shipped to other states? Okay. Or if there is any of those type of catfish in the U.S. Let me check. I'm not sure what that is by the scientific name. Is that like a mad tom or something that could be restricted? Is that what the question is? Um, just a sec. Okay, let's take a look. Oh, the walking catfish. Yeah, um, I don't know what states those are legal in, if any. I, I know they were illegal in California when I lived there. And since moving to Wyoming, I haven't looked into that. So I have no idea, Dr. Shishimi Aquatics, if they're legal in the United States at all. If, the, if it's like a federal ban or a state-by-state -state ban on those. I'm sorry, I don't know off the top of my head. Philly Man Pete at Dancefish. Oh yeah, Aphiosimian Gabuensis. Yes, awesome. Now that's a really beautiful fish. Let me show this to you guys. This is like a marjorium type species and they're actually fairly common in the killifish hobby. So killifish nerds, like members of the American Killifish Association, you can find these without too much trouble or fish very like them, very similar fish, but they are beautiful. Um, here they are. Female. <laughs> but yeah, these are beautiful for sure. Cool. And yours were which location? So those had a specific location on them. Um, so those are from... Oh, they had Epiplates affinis huberi as well. Okay, let's look at that one. Um, Epiplates... Oops, spelled it wrong. Huberi. Yep, cool. It's a pretty good looking fish. Now, it sounds like the fish that they have, they're not quite sure on the identification since it's a finis or a AFF affiliated with. But yeah, cool. And then uh, the last one, Aphiosimian. Here we are. Cool. Yeah, I mean, just killifish are just beautiful. Like the vast majority of them are just these stunning, amazing fish. So, man, those are cool. Those are cool. Um, Gabuens, um, or Gabuense, I suppose, is that's one that's around. So if you join the AKA, you'll have access to lots of those or majorium. Is that how, hang on, let me show you the one that is around all the time. Um, Af, what is it? Aphiosimian. Not majorium, marginatum. So these guys are very frequently available and they look uh, very similar to those other ones. I think they're in the same kind of clad as the Gabuensis. Um, all right. Wait. 
Oh, now I'm showing you my screen. <laughs> Very exciting. <laughs> um, Go Fish Aquatics, poopy butt. Wonderful. I wonder what, what that's in reference to. <laughs> Michael Wilson at Dance Fish. Try Giant Danios or Buenos Aires Tetras. They should be immune to cichlid attacks. Yeah, if the cichlids are big enough. Um, I used to work at a really large um, facility, and there was someone who had full-grown peacock cichlids, uh, Lake Malawi peacocks. It's like, uh, what can I put with these as dither fish? And I was like, man, giant danios. They're large. They're quick. I put them, or he got them. He put them in. Within two minutes, they had all been eaten, every one of them. And I think that if the danios had been established in the tank, then the peacocks wouldn't have been able to catch them and it would have been fine. But since they were put into a tank with established peacocks, they got slurped down. <laughs> so it depends on the cichlid, but I think you're right. I think for a, a parrot cichlid, especially if the mouth isn't that big, they'll probably be okay as dithers. Again, though, neither of those are really tight schooling fish. They're shoaling fish. Go Fish Aquatics at Dance Fish. Can I send you my email if the cruise become available? Yeah, email me. And um, if if this person who's in line backs down then or doesn't go through with it, then I will uh, I'll contact you next. Sure. No problem at all. Well, hello, honeybee. Welcome. Cory boy. Hey, so Cory boy got a bunch of awesome peacock gudgeons in. Um, they've been doing really well for three weeks or a month. They're spawning for me. I think I'm on my sixth spawn right now. They're going nuts. They're doing great. They're eating flake and pellets. So they're totally acclimated, uh, totally accustomed to aquarium life. Um, I give them blackworms occasionally and frozen foods and, you know, other live foods, but they're doing awesome. So if you're still in the market, um, they're doing absolutely wonderful. Again, if you're new here um, and you're wondering why I'm not responding to your chat or your comment or your question, uh, if you make it at Dan's Fish, let it populate. I'll see it and I'll get right to you. If you're not doing that, it's not highlighting in my in my thread. And so I'm just not seeing it in the feed here. So if I'm ignoring you, it's not on purpose. It's just I'm not seeing it. Um, cool. 54, thanks for linking uh, Caleb Overhaul's uh, GoFundMe. For those that don't know, who Caleb is and what's going on, uh, take a moment to click on that and be informed um, and see if, if you can help out. It's a good cause for a great family. Okay. Totally jumped on me. Last thing I saw was Candy saying hi to someone, to Honeybee. All right. What's next? Go Fish Aquatics. Dance Fish is the ultimate shipper. Well, thanks. I work really hard on it. And my goal is to make everyone in the hobby who ships fish an ultimate shipper. It's just one of the places in the hobby where we're weakest. I think it's that. And I think it's like medicating our fish and being able to treat our fish when they have problems. I think those are two big issues we have. Jamie, thanks for the super chat. I'm going to jump down and get that and then jump back up and... See what Jadron had to say. Jamie McDonald, happy 5-0. I'm glad I've caught the last few. Well, I'm glad you have too. Thank you. Thank you for the super chat. And I appreciate you being here. 
Jadron says, a dance fish, where can you order the 96 hour? I don't know yet. I haven't looked into it. Um, I heard that they were available. It might've been even last year, but then Corey jogged my memory. I was in a live stream that he had and he talked about them or I was probably doing a replay cause it was probably during my live stream. <laughs> and, um, he talked about them and it jogged my memory that I need to go and look that up. So I don't know if anyone here does know about the 96 hour heat packs. So far, I've just heard about them. I've not seen them in the flesh or anywhere to actually get them. Um, if you know where to get them, could you comment at dance fish and let me know so I can get them and, and let Jadrin know where he can get them. Spread the good word. 65 watching. That's amazing. Thanks everybody. This is just a small little channel. We have a lively live stream. I think good people here. Good discussion, but it's, I'm thrilled that we have so many here. 66. Woo. Cheers. What is just airborne? I swear. This is not a tequila drink. I promise. I promise. <laughs> so Jadri and I don't know. Hope to find out. Dr. Shishimi. All right. All right. Who we at now? Bam Aquatics. Hey, Bam. Welcome. Glad we worked everything out, man. Glad, glad you got your stuff. And I hope everyone's coloring up and doing well. Candy, thanks for posting the Facebook group. For those that don't know, um, I'm a co-founder of a venture called getgills.com. G-E-T-G-I-L-L-S, like get fish gills, right? And it's a place where if you ever have fish or plants or supplies to sell that are related to the aquarium hobby, you can sell them there. Um, I sell my stuff there. And we also have a Facebook group that's connected to Get Gills. So it's a place we can talk about fish, ask about fish, show the fish we have, show the stuff that we're raising, ask questions about the website, talk about experiences, good or bad, you might've had with any seller or ask about a seller you're thinking of buying fish from so you can kind of get some feedback before you uh, order from them, things like that. So if you haven't gone to the Get Gills Facebook group yet, uh, you're invited to do so. We have a good time there. Honeybee Axwaddle Aquatics. Wow, that's like, it's like bees, amphibians, and fish. It's <laughs> a lot going on there. Blackwater Dance Fish. Would you be able to find Ivanakara? Let's look. Adokita. Oh, man, I keep getting the question mark when I try to copy it. Hang on. I got to do this a smarter way. There we go. Let's use our keys instead of our mouse. I'm trying to get in the habit of doing that because it saves so much time, but the mouse is just something that I'm so accustomed to. Okay. Oh, a zebra Akara. So for those that want to know what this is, here you are. I don't know. I was actually looking at the supply sheet today. That's a cool looking fish. Oh, look at that face. Woo! That's a hot fish. I was actually looking at the supply sheet today and there were three or four species. They had a car in the name, but they didn't have scientific names. And I just wasn't sure what any of them were. One was called a red tail Akara. I Googled it, I couldn't find it. So if it's an actual Acara species, it'll be fine. But what if it's like some massive Central American cichlid that that's the name that the guy in Singapore is breeding them 
decided to call them and they're, they're nothing related to that. And then I get a bag full of like massive fish I can't handle. So I'm just, I'm a little hesitant to get some of them. So I don't know if that was one of them or not, cause they don't use scientific names, but if you email me that you're looking for that fish, if I ever see it on a list, um, and it makes sense, then I'll, I'll look into it. So I, I kind of keep a, a list of requests and when I'm ordering, I just look through it, see if anything matches up. And if so, if anything is in a quantity, um, and at a price that makes sense. Bam Aquatics, what temp do you keep your tank? So I'm looking, this is my thermometer that gauges the heat and stuff in my fish room. So the high in the last 24 hours was 77 degrees, the low was 75. So that puts the tanks at about 75 degrees because if it's 77 degrees in here, the tanks are probably a couple degrees cooler just because of evaporative cooling and because it takes a long time for them to heat up because water, you know, takes a lot of energy to heat water. So, but I keep my fish room kind of in the mid seventies. So the coolest tanks that I have are on the bottom, my 30 gallons, they're what, maybe, maybe 10 inches off the bottom of the fish room. <laughs> and, uh, I can get those down to about 72 right now if I keep the lid off. So I'm doing that for like those uh, Pseudobagrus trilineatus. So fish that like it cool, I keep down in those tanks. Then my warmest tanks are the ones up high and there's a couple that are in the path of my furnace and that run at about 80, 82. And this tank I measured is now up to um, about 81 degrees because it's in the path of the furnace as well. So it kind of blocks the other tanks from being directly in the path, this and one other one. But most of the tanks that I keep are in the mid seventies. That's kind of what I shoot for. Now, since this tank is warmer, I'm actually thinking of doing an uh, order and getting some uh, German blue rams because I just like those fish a lot and maybe putting them in here. So I'm playing with that idea. I couldn't keep them in most of the tanks in my fish room, but I could, I could put some in here. So yeah. Um, but yeah, the vast majority of the tanks, 73 to 76 degrees usually. Let's see here. Sorry, things skipped on me. There's a few things that I wish YouTube would do better. Now, they're a great platform. I'm not dogging on YouTube. I mean, if, if you or I were trying to build the service they provide for us, we would be many, many, probably hundreds of millions of dollars to get this thing up and launching off. And so, so I, I get it. <laughs> like they've given us a network basically. So if you imagine what NBC, CBS and ABC used to be worth because they had a network, you know, this is amazing we have this, but the chat skips a ton. And here's the other thing. If, if you have re put a comment in the chat on YouTube and I've responded and then you responded and I never responded to your response to my response, it's because I don't know how to find those a lot of the times in my creator studio. I would have to go to every individual video and look at the comments. So I'm having trouble. It used to show up automatically, but now there's like a glitch. It's just not working quite right. So if I'm not responding to, to the response, 
that you made to me is because I'm simply not seeing it and I'm sorry. So just to put that out there in case anyone's wondering why I totally ghosted them. Um, Thomas Skipper, Dan Switch. Sorry I had to step away. What do you think about the clown killie? I love it. Epiplates annulatus. Um, and my favorite location of those is from Monrovia. So for those that don't know, this is Epiplates annulatus. Before it became a before they started being bred in mass in Southeast Asia, this was a very difficult fish to find. Now they're very commonly available. They're small. If they're over an inch, they're big. If they're an inch and a quarter, they're massive. And But they're such a, just this body pattern alone is wonderful. And then you get this awesome, you know, flaring rocket tail. They're, they're just fantastic. The reason I like the Monrovia population, though, is let me show you. Um, here they are. They've got more color um, on the anal fin and some of these other fins. So they're just a little bit, a little bit more uh, color to those guys. But Epiplates annulatus are fantastic. They do tend to stay at the surface. That's where they want to be. And they're a very small fish. They don't have a big mouth. Uh, the mouth is big for the size of the fish, but they have a small mouth. So, you know, you have to be careful getting them to start eating and figure out what they'll eat. If you have uh, fruit flies, you'll be golden, but they'll also, well, if they're big enough, if, if they're adult size, they'll be fine. But if you get really small ones, they might have difficulty with fruit flies. So but floating pellets and stuff, um, I've kept a lot of them. I found them to be hardy, delightful, super peaceful, good option for the top of the tank for sure. So uh, I've also bred them. The eggs are pretty small. They're about the same size as these uh, Congo Panchax Myers eye eggs. <clears throat> so just slightly smaller than your typical um, Melanotania rainbow fish egg. So that's about the size they are but they're not super difficult to raise. And uh, yeah, do you have anything specific you wanna know about them? But honestly, beautiful fish, one of my favorites. And when they started becoming mainstream in the fish hobby, I was just so happy. <laughs> Anytime killies make it. Here's the problem. Bob will get right to you. Here's the issue. Killie fish have been portrayed as a super skittish, highly specialized fish that can only eat live food and only live in these tiny little dark containers of water and all that stuff. And that might be true for a very small percentage of them. But most killifish, if you set up a nice aquarium with a tight lid, cause they be jumping and you have some places of cover for them and not too high flow, that's another thing. The lamp eyes do okay with higher flow, but a lot of the killifish really don't do well with high flow. They're not built for sustained swimming. They're built to hang out and then move and hang out and then move, right? So like a, a betta, you wouldn't put a betta in a high flow aquarium. So as long as those things are met, I find them be hardy, outgoing, display all the time. You can feed them flakes and pellets and all kinds of stuff. <coughs> so... Besides shipping, one of the missions I'm on is to make it so that people aren't scared of killifish or think, 
oh yeah, those are awesome, but I could never keep them because I, I keep my tanks normally. Right. So yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let me know if there's anything specific you needed to know about the, uh, clown killer or rocket killer or Epiplates annulatus. And I'd be happy to talk more about them. I love them. Bob Kaler's fish hobby. Thanks for the super chat, Bob. As always, super much, super much, super much appreciated. <laughs> My mind was vying between much appreciated and super appreciated. Here's to many more unique and fascinating fish. Never been more in love with the hobby than today. Good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. It's an amazing hobby and y'all make it better. We do have it real good in the fish fam. I don't know how many of you have hung out in other places, but um, often you'll post something and the first comment is something negative. Like, well, actually, I think this is that fish, which is fine, but usually wrong. Or, um, you know, well, I keep mine this way or, you know, in a way that is saying you're keeping them wrong. You know, all these things. So we have it so good. Thanks for being an awesome community. Thanks for being positive. So here was, yeah. So anyway, I won't go into anything specific, but it really uh, chaps my hide to use a Wyoming term when I see young people, especially posting in Facebook groups or, or whatever, making videos and getting ragged on immediately, just tons of negative stuff. Because how does that help that person want to stay in the hobby? Imagine you're in your teens and you're excited about something and you post and then people just dump on you for it. Well, now you hate what you're doing, right? You're just, even if it was, oh, it's just, it just drives me nuts. So I'm, I'm glad that the fish fam generally has the uh, demeanor, the vibe that it has. It's super nice to... Uh, to have found a community like this. So I'm in love with the hobby too, and I'm in love with every one of you. Thanks for making it awesome. Let's see here. Fish Guru Aquatics, have you heard anything from my one customer? She, oh no. Um, so I don't, like on Get Gills, if, if someone orders from you and stuff, and you guys email back and forth, I don't see, I don't even know it's happening unless someone reaches out to me directly. So um, Thomas, would you send me an email and, and just ask what's going on? Um, then it'll get in my workflow if it's dan at dancefish.com and I'll check into that and see what's happening, okay? Did you reach out to her? Oh, she never confirmed that she received the package. I get it. I'm sorry. My mind spun into a different direction. So it sounds like she bought something from you. You sent the package and she never like lets you know that happens. Not much. We can, what I thought it was, was there was an order and then like she didn't pay or, or something. Hey, the lights are going out. Give me half a second. Cause I forgot to do this earlier. I got to turn these lights back on. Sorry. Okay. Now we'll be okay. So what I thought happened was she hadn't paid or like the order hadn't finalized through the site. So the order finalized, you packed it and she didn't let you know. That just happens. Like I always, when I send a fish, I'm always like, please let me know how they look when they arrive or, you know, let me know. And not everyone does. And I guess that's their prerogative. I mean, it's kind of not fun for us, but you know, I always send an email. 
an email when I know that they've arrived and I say, hey, I see that the fish were just delivered. Um, please let me know how they are. Let me know if you have any concerns, stuff like that. And uh, some don't respond. And I don't know, Thomas, I guess that's their prerogative as a customer. I assume that if something was wrong, you would have heard all about it. So no news is good news. Um, yeah, don't know. Neokari Daniel, a dance fish. How much will those catfish cost? Oh, I, um, I can't price them on the fly because uh, I'll do it wrong. They weren't cheap. I'll say that they were pretty expensive, um, and so were the uh, the sword tails. Those were pretty expensive too. I don't want to just do that real quick off the top of my head and then come up with a, <clears throat> a totally wrong number and scare people away or have people say, hey, I thought it was only going to be $5 and now it's 70, you know, so, um, but I will be posting them pretty soon, but they're not cheap. They're not cheap at all. One fish, two fish, ROC, TSK has them. TSK has the heat packs. Okay, what's TSK? <laughs> One fish, two fish, ROC. Could you let me know? TS. Let me see. I mean, I don't know if this is gonna. TSK heat pack. TSK supply. Cool. I'm gonna look into that. So here we are. Thank you so much. Ninety-six out. Here we go. Jadron, here they are. And thank you so much, One Fish, Two Fish, ROC. TSK Supply has them right here. 96 hours. Let's see here, I can get 80 of them for 142 bucks plus shipping. Okay, cool. There is one answer. Thank you so much. That's great to know. Wichita says you can buy them on aqua on aquabit as well okay we got to get that guy and get gills <laughs> so uh tsk and looks like uh, maybe aquabid my my sense is on aquabid usually when people sell they don't sell big packs of stuff um but i'll look into that so i might be ordering from tsk but that's great ej fishes 76 a dance fish the bags were at 73 degrees nice job cool cool and I mean, those are wicked platies, right? I literally platies are pretty common fish, right? I mean, they're pretty fish, but they're they're common. So usually I'll I'll walk right by the platies, you know, not because I don't like them, but I've seen the, all the platies until these. These are amazing. The neon yellow calico platy. I can't promise you've never seen anything like it, but. You've probably never seen anything quite like this. They are like bright, 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 beautiful fish. I love them. So I'm glad they arrived. Um, hope you like them. Hope you get tons of babies. Bam Aquatics. Everyone is coloring up amazing. I will be posting a video soon, unboxing, and then in tanks. Cool. I can't wait to see it. Just started two microworm cultures. Awesome. And hopefully you saw like a shimmer on the surface. That means they're still there, still doing well. Thomas Skipper, what is the coolest killifish? Oh man, how could I even? I'm going to have to give you a few options. For lamp eyes, 
I think it's Procatopus similis, which I have available if you're interested. I'm not saying that as a sales pitch, but just if you're looking, uh, they can be hard to find. I have some. I like that lamp by a ton. For a fundal of Panchax, it's Shojastedi, which is the Blue Galeris, or Gardnerite. If I could ever only pick one fish to keep the rest of my life, it would be Gardnerite, Fundalopanchex Gardnerite, because it's so easy and hardy and beautiful. But I love me a good blue glaris as well. For Nothobronchius, it's a specific collection point of a fish that used to be called Nothobronchius um, racovii, not the Biera location, a different one, Kelmare, or Kelmane is the location but then got reclassified as a new species. So it's, it's like a rack of eye, but with, with more contrasting black on it to help offset the colors. For South American annuals, it would be like Simpsonicthes magnificus, which, or maybe it's Hypsolebius now. For those that don't know this fish, let me show you this. Uh, Hypsolebius, yeah. This is, I remember the first time I saw these. Look at this fish. This is a South American annual killifish, and they look every bit as good as this. I mean, this is no lie. They are gorgeous. So I was a teenager, and my fish godfather, Jim Forche, took me to the Bay Area in California to the um, West Coast Weekend, which is like an AKA, an American Killifish Association convention um, for the West Coast, and it was amazing. I saw these in an aquarium at the show, and my mind was just blown. So that's still one of my favorites. For Rivulus, it would be uh, Zifidus, uh, which I think I'm saying that right. Um, for native North American um, species, it would be Cataniatus, uh, the northern studfish. Cataniatus. Um, for Aphanius, it would probably be Mento, just because they're an awesome little, beautiful <laughs> little fish. I think I kind of covered them. For the kind of Asian species, it would be Aplochylus dei. I really like that fish a lot. So, I uh, can't narrow it down to one, man. There's too many awesome ones. But, you know, if I had to be like, there's only one fish left in your life forever, it's Fundalopanchax gardneri. And by the way, they are... So easy and so beautiful. If you're new to uh, killifish, you can't go wrong with them. Brandon Saltanovic, hey, good to see you. Dan's fish, are the pelvic acromis you sold a care species? Yes, they are. They're on the cares list. Yep. In fact, um, Ted Judy, if you do a YouTube search for uh, pelvic acromis, Ted Judy did a nice video on this species explaining their care situation and all that. And my understanding is that it just has to be, has to do with Nigeria is such a hotbed for energy, a lot of oil drilling and things like that, that I, it's habitat destruction as far as I know. So the pelvic acromis or sanctimontis used to be a fairly common fish in the hobby, um, but now it's not. It's super hard to find now. So yes, it's a care species and anyone that got them from me, please, please attempt to breed them and distribute them. And by the way, you got a smoking deal on those. Uh, everyone that got those, that, that price was set to distribute, not to make money. 
they're, uh, I know what they typically cost wholesale and uh, you guys got a smoking deal. I'm just going to say that. So please take advantage of that. Try to breed them. I think most people are because most people asked for pears. And they're, from what I've researched, and again, I've never had this fish before. So I, I, I only have what a month, six weeks experience with it so far. From what I've researched, um, they're supposed to be a little harder than, you know, the common crib, the, the poulter to breed, but not super difficult. So I'm hoping we can get them kind of going. Terry's Tropical Tanks, a dance fish. Have you ever tried to source North American natives? Yes, uh, I haven't really tried. I, I know some folks that I could get North American natives from. Um, and I've thought about it. There was a gentleman in Florida that reached out to me. And we were thinking of maybe doing something, but I didn't do it. And the issue is this. I like native fish. I've bred uh, orange throat darters. I love them. A rainbow shiners, fiery black shiners, crimson shiners, uh, a lot of the killifish species. I think they're fantastic. Like they're our own backyard. And so we just don't appreciate them. Folks in Asia and Europe are dying to get them, but we're like, oh, that's in the backyard. Like, you know, <laughs> it's just human nature, I guess. But the issue is there's such a niche market that I just didn't think I could order enough fish to make it worth this gentleman's time and be able to, to move them because uh, it's just such a niche. And Jonah's Aquarium's already got it. Sachs Aquaculture already has it kind of covered. So, yeah, I've thought about it. So I think it's a little too niche for what I have. One day when I have my dream warehouse, though, there's a big section of it that is kept at 65 to 68 degrees. And that's, uh, that's a lot of native fish. That's a lot of cold water China species, a lot of their cyprinids and loaches and catfish. That's um, a lot of the, the danios and things like that. And there was another one that's skipping my mind. Um, ah, oh, the diapterons, a lot of the killifish that need to be kept pretty cool. So, yep, um, they're out there and I can source them, but I just didn't do it because I think that's already covered in such a niche that I don't know that I would be able to move them. Also, I'm not sure that I could keep them well with a lot of the fish I currently keep because even though my fish room isn't warm, it's warmer than a lot of the species that I like to keep. A lot of the native fish light, um, that I like to keep could tolerate long term. Fish Guru Aquatics. All right. Crobia zingensis is sold under the name Red Telecara. Do you have a picture? Oh, is it? Okay. I'm going to write that down. I know that that's like one of your dream fish, right? Okay. Um, I'll see what I can do. No guarantees, like at all, Thomas. <laughs> The only guarantee I make is that I'll look into it and see what I can do. Um, yeah, but red tail cars are on the list this week. I don't know if that's the same fish. And if they are and I order them, I don't know if they'll actually come in. And I don't remember what the price point was because I kind of looked and researched a bit, couldn't get the information I needed to feel comfortable to order them. So I just moved on. But um, I'll look into it more now. Cool. 
All right. <clears throat> Go Fish Aquatics, have you ever kept or bee? Hmm. I've kept lots of bees in books. If I search through my books, I can find lots of bees. <laughs> I'm teasing you. I know it cut you off. You ever kept or bred pygmy sunfish? Yeah, I've kept, uh, I haven't raised, I bred, I haven't raised, but I kept, uh, which one was it? It was the Elisoma. Is that what it is? Uh, was it the Okifinoki? Uh, I can't remember which species. But yes, I have kept them and they're delightful. They're absolutely delightful. Have live food handy though. Um, they're going to want that. And you might be able to train them over to prepared foods, but you also might not. They might just stick with live and frozen until you can raise up some babies and train them from really young. I'm trying to think back and remember, and I don't think I ever got them to eat like flakes or pellets. But yeah, they are delightful. They're really cool little fish. Firestorm 9918 at Dance Fish. Do you know any place to get sturgeons in the U.S.? Um, well, do you have a local pet store? If you do, I can almost guarantee that they can get them. They might not want to. Like, I would never do it just because I <laughs> pricey fish, large, and I just don't feel like I have the right setup to do it. But um, there's, a, a, there's a, a massive um, fish supplier that supplies most of the pet stores in the United States. And I know that they have them on their list, not all the time, but they show up often enough that I'm not surprised when they're on there. So they're not always available, but they are sometimes available. And... Um, Man, I hope you have a swimming pool that you converted to, <laughs> to a pond. <laughs> now, that being said, like if I was a, a mom and pop store and someone said, hey, can you get these? I would probably say no, too, because I probably wouldn't be comfortable doing that. High value fish and massive. Now, something you might try, though, is this. Um, NANFA, the North American Fish Association, North American Native Fish Association, NANFA. I think it's nanfa.org. If you join that group, and I recommend you do, they have a great publication, they have a great convention, and they have a great knowledgeable group of people, and they have lots of information on their website that you can look up about natives if you're interested in trying some. Um, I bet if you joined that and got to know some of those folks, I bet you could find some sturgeon that way too. So, that's the best I got for you now. Maybe some of the monster fish keeping groups might have a lead as well. Thomas Skipper, I bought 10 today. What did you buy 10 of? My mind can't remember. Um, oh, was this the, um, sorry, I'm scrolling. I'm looking to see if, oh, cool. Which killifish? You bought 10 killifish? What are they? Come on, which kind? Let me know, let me know. Is it the gardener eye or something else? Thomas, what did you get? <laughs> 10 what? You're killing me, man. If it's killifish, I want to know. Honeybee, Axwaddles Aquatics. What fish would be good to go in with cribs? I'm going to read the rest of the question because I had this nasty habit of being like, oh, and answering something and then, and then going back and reading the rest of the question, finding out it was totally different. 
As it's a big tank for two small fish, but I know they get stressed when spawning. Maybe hatchets as they are out of the way. So um, I'm assuming this is the common curbensis. I'm assuming until you tell me different. So my experience is that they're, you can keep almost anything with them until they spawn. And then when they spawn, if you have a large tank, you're okay because they'll just herd the other fish into another section of the tank for a while. If the tank's big enough, you won't have issues. So your, your comment makes me think it's a big tank. So if you have a three foot or four foot long aquarium, I think you'll be okay with most fish. Almost anything that can't fit in their mouths won't be bothered by the cribs. So hatchets, sure. Is if it, especially if it's a really tall tank, hatchets would be great because the cribs are going to keep their fry, you know, on the bottom while they're schooling them around. So, but seriously, almost anything, if it's a decent size tank and if you're concerned, anything that's at all rapid swimming, um, any of your barbs, most of your Danios, uh, uh, some of your rainbows, things like that would all be just fine. At least I think so. Of course, now that I said it, you'll do that. And for some weird reason, <laughs> it'll be the 0.5% case where it's not fine. But I think most fish are good with cribs. Candy overholds. Oh, by the way, Dan's fish, the mud skipper, loves the fruit flies. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So get yourself some Rapashi Superfly candy. That's what I use. I used to use uh, Rice Krispies like I do the microworms. I just make the mixture a little thicker. But now that Rapashi Superfly is out, um, once I broke down the cost comparison, it's just as cheap and super easy. So if you do that, you can just keep a culture going all the time um, and have plenty. But I'm glad they like them. You know, something else you might try is bean beetles. Bean beetles are like the easiest thing to culture. It's just black eyed, dried out black eyed peas. That's you put beetles in with a jar with some black eyed peas in it and you're done. They're that easy. So that might be something else to look at. They didn't work for me because of the quantity I need, the difficulty separating the beans from the beetles when the beetles pupate and hatch out. It's hard to do in large quantity, but just for like one pet mud skipper, I, I think they'd be great. Um, let's see here. I'm, I'm looking. I know I'm... The chat jumped on me again. Here we go. Sorry, totally jumped on me. Ah, this is one of the few things I wish YouTube would get on. Potato, a dance fish. What temper those killies happiest in your experience? Depends on the species, but um, low to mid 70s is great for almost any killie fish. There are a few that like it hot and there's a few that like it cold, but low to mid 70s. Now, the species I have that, that are available right now, any of those, 72 to 78, maybe 80. Uh, if you keep them in 80, their metabolism is going to kick up and they're going to, uh, you know, their lifespan will be a little shorter, but they'll, they'll be okay. Mid 70s, though, I would say is kind of ideal. Um, Jamie McDonald, I have a single red Texas cichlid in a 55 gallon tank. Can you think of something I could put in with him that would not get murdered? No, I cannot. I wish I could. 
Maybe there's something. Maybe like one of the saw blade plecos with just so much armor and nasty ridges that it could be okay. But I think that in a 55, you're about maxed, man. Uh, maybe someone else can say different. I want to put in the caveat that I've never kept red Texas cichlids or flower horns or anything like that on my own. I've kept them in stores. I've kept them at wholesalers, things, other places I've worked at, but never kept them in my own fish room. So I don't have like intimate, like hobbyist type experience with them where I observed them a lot and got to know that fish really, really well. So if someone else has a better answer, um, please chime in. My opinion is though that, um, that no, I can't think of anything. <laughs> Thomas Skipper, what is the most colorful killifish? There isn't one. Honestly, each one is more beautiful than the other. Um, let's just look at this. So as a demonstration. So we're just going to look at one genus, one little genus of killifish. Okay, so let's look at these. So these are all different killifish. Is this one prettier than this one? I don't know. Or then this one, I don't know. It's the eye of the beholder, right? Um, like, how could I, the ME8 eye? I mean, or it is Avaching, sorry. Um, so pretty. Like, look at all these. So this is not that many fish we're looking at either. This seriously is one little, one small genus. Let's look at the Chromaphia simians, another clad. Um, there we are. Look at these guys. Like, each one is prettier than the last, right? How could you... <laughs> this is my favorite, by the way. Vivitatum Funge. Love them. I've kept them. They're hardy. They're easy to breed. They're gorgeous. And they get bigger than most of your bivs. So you really can see them super well. But, I mean, look at this. I don't know. I don't know. And by the way, we just looked at two small groups of killifish. Try picking a notho. They're awesome, all of them. <laughs> but if you're wondering because you're thinking what would be a good one to get, Photolopanchax gardneri, absolutely gorgeous and hardy and easy. Nothobronchius gunthri. Sometimes available in general, very available in the killifish hobby, hardy and easy and beautiful. Honeybee X Waddles Aquatics at Dance Fish. Do you believe in keeping larger cichlids crowded? Seems to be a bit of debate about this with different fish keepers. What is your personal preference? Well, if we're talking about like Malawi cichlids, like African Malawi cichlids, then yes, I think that's okay. They're super crowded in the wild. They're used to that. They're, they're pretty dense population-wise, even in Lake Malawi. So I don't have a problem with that. Um, if you're talking about Central Americans, I don't know, maybe. Truth is, they're not a group of fish I've ever been super into. So I haven't put a lot of thought into it. And I don't have the experience with them to have a well-informed opinion either way except with like African cichlids, because there's lots of places I've worked that had tons of African cichlids. One place like specialized in African cichlids and Lake Malawi was their bread and butter, all kinds of mabuna and haps and peacocks. 
and you kind of needed to crowd those. And I didn't have a problem with that because I know they're a natural habitat. That's just it's dense population wise. But anything else, I simply haven't kept the fish enough to have an informed opinion. I'm sorry, honeybee. So if I answered, it would just be like, well, I hear this and it wouldn't be very informative. Kenny Overholes, email dan at dansfish.com. That is my email. If there's a species of fish you're looking for, I will put it on the wish list. If I can find it and get it in a way that makes sense, I will. No guarantees at all ever, <laughs> but I, I do promise to look. Um, and uh, yeah, if you have questions about get gills, you can get a hold of me there at dan at dancefish.com. So, yep. Corey Boy Aquatics. I went to my LFS and just saw a shrimp with green fungus. Oh, Elabiopsia. Elababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababab
which would be odd for a puffer, but... So anyone that's kept one singly successfully and the puffer was happy and stuff, could you chime in if that's the case? Just so I can rule that out, right? Trying to figure out how to help. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Has anyone else had a puffer that just like surfed the glass all day long? And if so, did you find out what the problem was and, and were you able to find a solution? I would like to know and uh, like to be able to help the person I gave the puffer to and yeah, mine were kind of doing it a little bit, so I just turned off the light. They still have plenty of light. They can see and everything, but that seemed to solve the problem. So maybe it's a reflection thing. Like, But they weren't like constantly doing it. It was just occasionally. So anyway, we could use some help on the puffers. So yeah, so Priscilla, um, I will let you know before I post them, okay? I, I owe you big time for letting me use your house for water changes. Uh, when I imported the Nigeria fish. So I'll let you know before uh, I post them to anyone else. Honeybee, Axolotls Aquatics. What's an easy starter killifish? Fundalopanchax gardneri, um, Aphiosimian australi, which is this one. I already showed you Fundalopanchax gardneri, but uh, Aphiosimian. Okay, let's show you this. These guys are fantastic. Um, I have some right now that are super easy. They're Aphysum caliurum. These guys. So really hardy, really easy. Um, yeah, those are a few. And I'm purposely not uh, saying annual killifish because I just think annuals are just the whole thing about having to dry out the peat moss and everything to incubate the eggs. Um, this might make it a little more difficult for people. The Procatopus similis I have are super easy. The Aplocolithes spolachin I have are very easy. Tons of eggs from those guys. Yeah, so those are ones that I feel like are really simple starters. The truth is, though, most killifish... Now, there are a lot of killifish that are difficult. But most killifish are pretty easy. If you feed them and there's a, a spawning mop in there, and they're not an annual species, they'll breed. A lot of the annual species are easy too. It's just that extra step uh, makes it a little, I don't know if it's harder, but makes people nervous. Any pics of the new swords? No, not yet. Um, I did an unboxing of the bags. Now I have to go around and actually get a little video of each fish, and I just haven't, uh, I haven't had time, <laughs> but they're amazing. They're amazing. <clears throat> and they're not going to be cheap. Um, Thomas Skipper, Dancefish, do you ever get any of those African killi? I want some new to killifish. Yeah, so um, let me show you what I have. So if you go to <coughs> the Dancefish store at getgills.com, I have a bunch of killifish. Um, so let's do that. So let me take you there real quick. So here's getgills.com. Uh, let's go to my store. Or no, let's not do that. Let's go to killifish. This is a picture of Chromaphiosimian uh, bivitatum from Funge that I took. This is my own fish. I love that fish so much. Um, here are the species I currently have available. I'm going to be posting a breeding trio of... Uh, Aphiosimian australi 
gold soon. I have enough eggs of them that I can now move those on. But uh, these are the ones I have available. So apart from that, if you join the American Killifish Association, you will have access to many, 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 many kinds of killifish. It's only like 34 bucks a year. They have an amazing journal that is extremely informative. They have great conventions and they have great people. When you join them, you get access to their roster of members and you can find other Killy Geeks in your area or get to know who kind of keeps what and you can find a lot of stuff. So um, I've got some for sale and the American Killifish Association, if you join up, you'll be able to find lots of cool stuff. Wichita Falls Fish Keeper, MVP Aquatics sells on a couple different platforms. He does sell large packs. Okay. I'll encourage him to sell on Get Gills. The 96-hour heat pack tops out at 145 degrees. Ooh. Your thoughts on that temp? Well, ooh, that's my thought. That's hot. That is hot. Oof. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. Like in a big box, I'd be fine with that. But I, I don't typically ship out a big box. I mean, every now and then I get a massive order and I'll send like a, <laughs> a big old wholesale import box. But I'm glad you mentioned that. I probably would have just blissfully ordered in ignorance and then been like, why are the fish dying? Oh, I'll have to look into that. That's a bummer. I think 145 degrees is just too damn hot. Because imagine if like the box got flipped and it does. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> they aren't handled like porcelain teacups. <laughs> Trust me. And in the water was resting right on that at 145 degrees. I mean, that fish would be toast. Hmm. So let's throw this out to the crowd. Um, a lot of times that's like a temperature they can reach in like ideal conditions but it might be unlikely that they do reach it. So is there anyone here that uses a 96 hour heat pack and what's been your experience? Has it been good? If it's been good, I might be trying it. Or I might just get a couple and do some tests, um, fill some boxes like I was shipping, put them out in the cold, throw the heat pack in, right? And check the temperature like six hours later or something like that. That might be something to do. But can someone chime in? If anyone here ships with 96 hour heat packs, could you let me know what your experience has been? That would be awesome. But yeah, there is, that's a dangerous temperature, I, I feel. Honeybee, thank you, Dance Fish. Loving the stream and your knowledge, but am dying to sleep UK time. All right, bye-bye, good night. Fish lovers, thanks. Okay, she's saying hi to everybody. All right, well, thanks for coming, Honeybee. It's good to meet you. Uh, but yeah, nighty night. <laughs> Bet you're exhausted. At Dance Fish, even though it didn't highlight Cory Boy, I happened to see it. Do you know if the shrimp had the green feathers fungus? Do you need to clean the tanks and start over? I've never had it, Cory Boy, so I don't know anything about it. I don't know how, how infectious it is. I'm sorry. Um, I would point you towards Rachel O'Leary's channel because she did an in-depth video on it, and she might have mentioned that. And then I think Flip Aquatics did a video on it as well. And I watched them, but I just don't remember the details. And since I've never had to battle it myself, it's not ingrained deeply into my brain. Sorry about that. Bathy Phila, do you ever see 
Oh yeah, I do see uh, different auto sync lists. Yes, um, I, I'd have to look and see if I if that specific one. I've never ordered them though, and the reason is that they're so expensive. They're just very very expensive. Oh, that's beautiful, isn't it? Whoo! Man, look at that thing. Look at this, guys. Look at this auto. <laughs> like, yeah. You can tell that thing eats algae, right? <laughs> look how green it is. Um, so I don't remember if that specific species has been available, but there's lots of different autos that come available. And I just don't get them because they're so pricey and I've never had good luck with autos. Just uh, I don't have enough algae, I don't think, of the kind that they like to eat, enough diatom algae, that brown stuff, to keep them happy. So I could probably do it with like rapashi and things, but when I see how much they're going to cost, I'm very hesitant to try it because I've had problems in the past with autos. So, so yeah, I think they're occasionally around. Several types of autos are, like the zebra autos and the giant autos and different ones. Um, but the price precludes me from being comfortable getting them. Like if I have to sell a fish for 60, 70 bucks or a hundred bucks, like I've got to be, I have to know that fish. I have to be very comfortable with it because if that goes bad, a, we killed a fish, which is never the goal. And B, now we have a customer that just spent, I don't know, 100 bucks plus 50 bucks shipping. And they've had a horrible experience. If, if you spend a few bucks on a fish and it dies, that's horrible. Like, I'm not trying to say that a fish is, the value of a fish's life is based on their monetary value. I'm not trying to make that correlation. But when you not only lose a fish, but also a ton of money on top of it. I mean, that just hurts in several ways. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just hesitant to do that. Maybe one day I'll get comfortable enough with it. So what I try to do is every now and then bring in a new species and try it and play with it and add it to my repertoire, if you will, my repertoire. Um, but I can't get new stuff that I'm not real familiar with all the time because just it, I, I can research and handle the needs of one new fish occasionally and do a good job. But if I was trying to manage all new fish all the time, I, I would do a horrible job. I just wouldn't be able to learn their needs, observe a lot of its observation. Um, sometimes you can find some good information or talk to people that have kept them and bred them and, and be confident. But often, um, a lot of the stuff, there's just not information out. And so it's observation and that takes a lot of time and I can't observe, you know, 60 new fish. So every now and then I get one, but, um, I guess that's a real long winded answer to your question. Sorry. Got me thinking about that though, but man, those are gorgeous. I can see why you want them. I want them too. That's <laughs> awesome. Fish Guru Aquatics, email you to get a picture. There's another red telecara. Okay. The Crobia, see, I think the Crobia is, isn't that a Victorian? Um, that makes me nervous. I don't want any Riff Lake cichlids in my fish room. 
Not because I don't like them so much. Oh, no, that's not. Okay, good. Not because I don't like them, but because my water is not right for them at all. So, okay, cool. I'll look into that, Thomas. I'll look into that. Thanks for the info. I bought 10 clown killies today, says Thomas Skipper. Good for you. You're going to have a blast. Tight lid. Not just like a lid, but a lid that doesn't have any gaps in it. Because I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you, they jump. They jump. Killifish jump. Lamp eyes, not as much. But Aphiosimians, Fundalopanchax, Epiplates, Aplicylus, uh, they jump. So tight lid. And man, I can't wait. Next week, let me know how they're doing, man. I hope they do well for you. They're fantastic little fish. <clears throat> oh, I got to flip back to this. 62 watching. Hey, not bad at all. Okay. Jumped on me. Sorry, I'm trying to get back to where we were. Oh, cool. Uh, honeybee, so pleased I was just about to switch off to sleep. Thank you. All right, you're welcome. You are welcome. Have a good sleep. Kenny Overhauls, I've watched your video on the bean beetles. Cool. Cool. They're so simple. I mean, there's no work. There's literally no work. Dry black eyed peas, beetles. That's it. And then you wait. Their larvae, by the way, are what um, Mexican jumping beans, that whole thing come from. So their larvae grow inside the, the bean and eat the bean. And as the larvae move, sometimes they'll make the beans move. And that's where Mexican jumping beans come from, all that. Priscilla, do you think endlers prefer hard water? Yeah. They originate from Venezuela where the water is softer due to mangrove and rainy season. Yeah, a lot of fish originate in soft water, but um, they've been bred so, so much and so long in captivity in hard water that that's just what most of the domestic strains of live bears anyway are used to. So even if they originally came from soft water, after so many generations in hard water, I just feel like they're more accustomed to it. And I've had endlers absolutely melt on me in soft water. Now I keep endlers. I'm not saying that's always going to happen, but if I'm getting endlers from Florida or somewhere like that, I put a lot of salt in my tanks. I try to raise the carbonate hardness and I keep the water super clean. So the only thing that fish is dealing with is the change in osmotic pressure. If I can get to that point, then I can get them settled, get a few generations, and then I'm fine. Like the Santa Maria endlers, um, they did not do well for me when I first got them in. Four survived, which is pitiful and made me sick. Four survived. And so now I'm in like generation, I don't know, it's been a year. So years worth of new generations and they're all doing great because now they're used to my soft water. But I think in general, most live bear breeders use hard water. So that's my thought on that, Priscilla. Um, that being said, there are some endler geeks out there that that's like all they do and they're passionate about and they might know better than I do. But just from my experience, even if, yeah, well, I already said it, I won't repeat it, but yeah. My experience is hard water. Now, I have to adjust my fish to soft water. So all my live bears and stuff, they're in soft water. So I just have to, you know, use salt and other things and, and get them settled. It's it's a bit of a challenge, but, but I can do it. Priscilla says they do that when they're stressed out. So puffers surfing the glass and they stress easily when being moved from tank to tank. Yep, but Amazon puffers are very social. Six plus is ideal. 
They take time to adjust as well. Okay. So you're saying they are social. They want to be in a group. Amazon Puffer Shoal as juvies. Okay. Well, these are juvies. They're only, what, an inch and a half, maybe a little bigger. So I don't know why I keep doing this to my face. <laughs> I think my whiskers feel good. So, okay, good. Anyone else experience with the Amazon Puffers? And um, especially like, has anyone kept one and it was fine? Or have people found that, no, you can't do that. Like you must have a group. Uh, because I want a group, I need two more. Okay. I think I've got you covered, Priscilla. Yep. And, and by the way, they're not like fresh stressed out imports. The, the ick's been treated. I did deworming, but I never saw evidence of worms. Their poops have been like rock solid. <laughs> you know, they've been good. No, like stringy, watery, runny white poop. So, um, so they've been through copper baths. So no external parasites. They've been through general cure. Never saw any evidence of internal parasites. Um, I think they're in excellent shape. They're not eating flake food, though. Not yet. I know that yours do. But uh, I've just been feeding mine. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Man, just a sec. <coughs> Frozen in life. All right. Okay. 54 Punchy, thanks for linking. Appreciate it. Greg Jones, congrats on 50 streams. Thanks, man. Yeah, glad you're here, man. And by the way, Greg, I really like your channel. I, I think I might have told you this in a live stream before, but it's sometimes you see a channel and it's just obvious that this person has a lot of personal experience and knows what they're talking about. Anyone unfamiliar with Greg Jones's stuff? That's, that's him. Um, you, you can just tell. So not that everyone has to be at that level to have a YouTube channel. No, we aren't all at that level. Whatever level you're at, make the videos where you're at and just be honest about it. And great, you're sharing something you love. Nothing wrong with that. But when I go to Greg's cha Greg Jones's channel, like I learn stuff all the time and I'm like, oh, okay, this guy's speaking from experience. I can tell by how he does stuff and how he talks. And experience is just so, so much more valuable than stuff you read or heard, right? JH Aquatics, I have a pistogramma, rubro lineata fry. What would be the first thing you would feed them? Um, I would try baby brine shrimp just because it's easy and it's plentiful and it's cheap. I think they're probably going to be big enough to do that. Uh-oh, are we buffering? Hang on. Hopefully this is working. I'm seeing a buffer symbol. Um, well, shoot. Anyway, I hope you can hear me. Um, Joseph, if you can't let me know and I'll repeat when, when the buffering ends, I'll repeat the answer, but baby brine shrimp is what I would go for. I would probably mix that in with microworms. Uh, a pistol fry tend to stay on the bottom and microworms will naturally go down there. Baby brine shrimp will, unless there's a strong light source at the top of the tank, uh, will go down to the bottom as well and not be a problem. But I think they're just the standard. All right, I'm going to skip down real quick and then I'll <laughs> get back <coughs> to Jamie McDonald. I just want to see if people are saying that it's buffering horribly or how it's going. Um, all right, I'm back. Oh, okay, so where did where did I where did I conk out? Was it um, 
JH Aquatics, did you? Oh man. Oh, that's bad. Like I tried to go back to my, um, woo. I tried to go back to my control room to see how the strength of the stream was. And there's a big error, um, on YouTube side. So, <laughs> oh, well I can, I guess I'll just be on this screen and not know exactly what's going on. But, um, Joseph, did you hear my answer? Uh, for pistos, I would do baby brine shrimp and I would rotate that with microworms. I think they're plenty big that that's not going to be a problem. I mean, I know people that raise them on crushed flake food and stuff too. So if you don't have live food, you could try that, but you're going to have a lot more success, I think, with baby brine and with microworms. And um, we have to talk killifish one of these days, JH Aquatics. Whenever you're ready, let me know. Jamie McDonald. You might just want to experiment with them. They probably won't heat the water more than 80. Yeah, I'm going to experiment with those 96 hours. And, and that's true. I mean, if it's cold outside and that thing's hot, then the balance is something in between 145 and the outside temperature, right? But again, if a bag ever got turned, if the box got turned and the water in the bag was resting directly on top of that thing, that really could be a problem. But I am, Jamie, I'm going to play with it. Thomas Skipper, if I order two peacock gudgeon, could I get a male and a female? Absolutely. Like, honestly, I have all these pipes in there and the males have claimed them and they're spawning with the females and every day there's a new spawn. So they're, they're not difficult to sex. I can absolutely do that for you. Just send me an email telling me you want a pair. Send that email to Dan at Dan's Fish because it'll get lost in the, these comments here. But if you email me, it'll get my workflow and I'll, I'll do that for you. Bob Killer, if you see long fin quarries, I'm really interested. I have green Aeneas and their fins are huge. I mean, like tall, tall dorsal fins. I have long flowing fins. They have long flowing fins. I, I see them every week. They're always available, um, long fin quarries. I just have to order like 300 of them at a time. So that's why I haven't. <laughs> um, hey, if anyone else here wants long fin quarries, email me. And if we get enough people that want them, then I'll be like, okay, lots of people want these and I'll go ahead and do it. Cause Bob, I can, I can get those almost any time. Honestly. Um, just it's the quantity I have to get that prevents me from doing it. Cause I already have a lot of quarries. So um, it's not like I need them in my fish room right now, but yeah. But if I ever see them in a quantity that makes sense, Bob, I'll get some for you. Or if a lot of other people are emailing me right now saying, hey, we want them too, then I'll go ahead and do that. Um, so which species, Bob? Is it, do you want a longfin Aeneas or Paleotis or pandas? I think those are the ones. There might be a few others, but Aeneas, Paleotis, and pandas, I believe I can get all those in longfin. Bathyphilia, well, I didn't realize the boutique autos were that expensive. Oh, some of them are. Um, should I do a quick, no, I'm not going to do it right now, but I could do a quick check and see, but yeah, they're pricey. They're often very pricey. They're basically Pleco prices. Um, not all the time. Some of them are not as expensive as others, but yeah, some of those, uh, autos are the same prices like L number Plecos. G Cunningham. These streams are great. Thanks for sharing your time and knowledge. Hey, I love it. Thanks for being here. G Cunningham. Um, I need this. I live in a tiny little, they call it a city. To me, it's a village, 
because I come from like, you know, from Los Angeles to this. It's a town of less than 18,000 people in Wyoming, and there's no big city close to me. The nearest big city is Denver. It's a six-hour drive on a good day without snow and ice. And so I miss being surrounded by fish friends, by, you know, fish clubs and, and all that. So this is how I get that now. So I'm glad you appreciate it. And just know that I do too. This is, this is something I enjoy and I really need because I don't have this very much in other ways. There's a couple great fish keepers here in town locally and we're good friends. But um, outside of that, there's just not a much, lo- not a lot, not a much, <laughs> a lot or much, pick one, a much, we'll do both um, locally. So I really appreciate this too. Um, jumped on me, ah, Priscilla. Oh yeah, I keep my endlers in hard water with crushed coral. I was just wondering. Yeah. Yep. Thomas Skipper, I have two pea puffers and a 5.5 and they're doing great, but I found out that they don't get along with others. Yeah. Yeah. Amazons are a little specific though. Amazons and Shodentai. Oh, if anybody is looking for Shodentai puffers, there's a guy in Arizona that has bred a ton of them and has captive bred Shodentais available right now. They're the size of pea puffers basically at this moment. Um, so the Shodentais and... Um, or it's actually pronounced like Shodenis or something. I can't remember. But Congo puffers are like a peaceful community puffer, just like Amazon puffers. And this guy bred them and has captive bread. They're amazing. So um, I'm trying to convince him to, to list them on Get Gills. They're available right now. I hate to say it, but they're available on Aquabid right now. So check it out. They're not cheap. I think they're 100 or 150 bucks each. But that's a fish... It used to be super common, but because of all the political turmoil right now, um, no one can get them anymore. So at that price for captive bread, I mean, it's a, it's a fair price. And often they retail for $300 or more. So $100, $150, not bad. Anyway, I think it's awesome. Candy posted my email for everyone. Good, Dan at Dance Fish. Dylan Cochran. Try living in Northwest Oklahoma town of 1500. There's nothing. I'm with you, brother. (laughs) Oh, Dylan, I feel your pain. And that's, I mean, there's a lot of reasons I started getgills.com, but that was one of the reasons because uh, the only way I can get most of the fish I want is ordering. Um, You know, they aren't local. So I wanted an easy place to list fish and order fish and all that. So I feel you. I feel you, my friend. The struggle is real. We have some advantages, but access to uh, goods and services is not one of them. Priscilla, how much for the Shodente? Um, okay. I can't believe I'm going to do this, but let's let's show you this on Aquabid. Um, okay, here they are. What is it? $190. Yeah, but again, they often retail for 300 or more. Oh, they're local pickup only. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't remember that. Oh, no. <clears throat> well, if you're in Mesa, Arizona, or can get to Mesa, Arizona, there they are. I'm sorry, guys. I thought he mailed them. I didn't remember that. Jamie McDonald, these streams are awesome for me too. I work weird owls. <laughs> you work weird owls. 
I'm a little tired. Sorry. And schedule. So groups and clubs are not available for me. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I like it too. Bob, why not double your social life and do two streams per week? Just kidding. Yeah, I've thought about it. Um, it's just a time thing. Like I really enjoy these a lot, but it takes so much time just to get the videos made of the fish I have for sale so people can <coughs> see what they're actually getting when they order from me at getgills.com. But I couldn't do that and this, and that's pretty important for the the, <coughs> the business. Man, I'm allergic to Tom's to uh, Bob's comment. <coughs> and those videos are important, I think, to inform customers. So, all right. So, uh, Fish Guru Aquatics is feeling your pain there, other side of Oklahoma. Yep. Okay, I made it, and it, it's it's late. We've been going for an hour fifty minutes, so I'm going to shut it down in just a minute. If you have any questions or comments that are important to you to get out tonight, now's the time because in a couple, in just a few here, I'm going to start shutting it down. Before I shut it down, um, oh, sorry, Priscilla, dreams crushed that easily. Road trip, um, you're in Colorado. Come on, Arizona. <laughs> <clears throat> Local pickup just doesn't make seance sense to me for people to list places like get Gills or Aquabit. Yeah. Although, I mean, there could be a local fish nerd that sees it and gets it. I mean, I, yeah, I hear you though. I hear you. Um, Going to get a 125 for the Fajaca and put the 75 in my bedroom and get six Shodentes. Yeah, that would be awesome. Anyway, before we shut this down, I want to thank anyone that super chatted appreciate it very much. It's never required, but it's always so appreciated. It really does help. Uh, for example, um, Candy and I, when we met up on Monday, we went out to get a coffee and the Super Chats paid for that. So thank you to everyone, the Super Chats. That was just an awesome way to spend a little bit of that on a fellow uh, fish fam uh, person. <laughs> fish fam nerd, I think that's safe to say. Um, thanks, Slippery Fish. It was great to get to 50. And we had a great, I think we were 66 and now we're at 49. So good stream tonight. Good, good attendance. Um, so thanks for the super chats. Thank you to the mods who do the dirty work. I appreciate y'all. And thanks to anyone who asked a question or left a comment for me to make this more lively, right? Dead air time. That's boring. And anyone that helped anyone else that had a question or participated in any way and made this fun. Thank you. And all you lurkers out there, I know. I appreciate you too. I lurk all the time. So I totally get it. And I appreciate you listening. Anyway, good night, everybody. Appreciate you all. Let's see if I can get back to my live control room here and actually shove this down. I don't know. Anyway, nighty night.